the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, curious minds out there in our ever-expanding radio land. Welcome to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. That's me, the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We are coming to you through the X-Zone Broadcast Network, located in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and broadcasting all over the world. What is the relationship between mind and brain? Does brain produce consciousness or does the greater consciousness produce the brain? How do mind and brain interact with each other? I'm a psychiatrist. I study this question in my office. I help people with medications and psychotherapy. I work in both the brain and in the mind. You need your mind to recognize a coincidence and your brain to talk about it. Coincidences are like messages in a bottle. The message can be about you, and the message can be about where the bottle and message came from, that sea of infinite possibilities. Synchronicity spoken here. The phrase connecting with coincidence is my brand. It is the name of my book, my Psychology Today blog, my website, and my social media sites. To find any and all of them, please put connecting with coincidence in your search engine. Would you like to know how sensitive you are to coincidences? Take the Weird Coincidence Survey on my website. How can coincidences be explained? The standard answers are God and random chance. The trouble with these standard answers is they exclude you and me. We have something to do with creating coincidences. First, a conscious mind needs to notice them to make them real. But what else do we do sometimes to make a coincidence happen? Perhaps, as author and psychologist Gibbs Williams says, and I agree, sometimes we use coincidences to help us solve our psychological problems. But how do we explain the not uncommon experience of feeling the pain of a loved one at a distance or having the same dream as someone else? or knowing that something specific will happen or is happening some distance away. For example, uh, there was a lowly member of a high school class named Winston who took a preliminary exam to be placed in a much sought after position. The exam seemed to require special effort on his part because so many people were better prepared and he had failed before. He knew that among many things, they would be asking him to draw a map of a specific country. The students didn't know which country, however. 
The night before the exam, he put the names of all the countries in the world in a hat and drew out New Zealand. He carefully memorized that map. The first question on the exam was, draw a map of New Zealand. He received very high marks. That student was Winston Churchill, the former prime minister of England, and the test got him into the military, which provided an essential step toward his becoming prime minister of England. Winston had several other reported coincidences. He showed up in the right time in the right place to get a job he wanted in the military. He was escaping the war, the Boer War in South Africa, where he had been held prisoner and just happened to knock on the right door after escaping among many enemies, enemy doors he could have selected. In World War II, he walked away and twice a shell hit where he was. And, And he also got in the other side of the car once when a bomb would have murdered him on the, had he got in on the other side. Talking about these coincidences, Churchill said, I have a feeling that some guiding hand has interfered. We use words associated with these experiences like extrasensory perception or psi, but we do not have an accepted theory of psi. Jungians want to include psi under synchronicity the supposed a-causal connecting principle. So we're left with a common human experience that has no theory behind it. Our guest today will help make sense out of understanding some of these. Sally Rhinefeather is a retired clinical psychologist who traces her lifelong interest in parapsychology to growing up as the daughter of J.B. Rhine and Louisa E. Rhine, founders of modern parapsychology and close correspondence with Carl Jung. She worked as a research assistant at the Duke Parapsychology Lab before and and after earning a doctorate in experimental psychology. After retirement, Dr. Feather returned to work at the Rhine Research Institute and has, has authored the book, The Gift. 2005 and received in 2010 Outstanding Career Award from the Parapsychology Association. Her colleague Susan Freeman, who is with us also today, has worked at the Rhine the last eight years as program director and public relations person. She is involved with archiving the historic writings and articles of the Rhine Institute collected over the 85 years and works closely with Dr. Feather in the qualitative analysis of the spontaneous reports, both historic and current, that come to the Rhine. It's a great pleasure having them here. We will return to talk with them in our next segment after a short break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. 
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to CC with BB, the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of coincidences. And our guests today are Sally Ryan Feather and Susan Freeman from the Ryan Institute in North Carolina. What a delight to have you both with us. And Sally, the historical essence that you bring to this discussion is superb. Um, so let's let's talk about uh, you and the Ryan and your history. Tell us about... Uh, your involvement with your parents growing up doing this supposedly crazy stuff and and coming up with beautiful data to suggest to the world that the numbers are there can't you pay attention to them and still getting people saying no it didn't happen and you know it's true and tell us about a history of you and the Rhine please well your last sentence just sort of summarized a lot of a lot of the feelings that go on and you grow up in a strange world like I'm not like mine was, it didn't seem strange. It seemed like any other kid's life until I got old enough that people began to tell me what their my parents were doing was unusual. I enjoyed it very much <laughs> because I got to meet interesting people. Like if you'd come by, I would have seen you when, uh, you know, and interacted just in a normal basis with a lot of very interesting people from all over the world. And, and of course, got to participate in the early ESP experiences, experiments I'm talking about the lab studies in those days. It was really all about the science. It was only in my teenage years, which would have been in the um, uh, uh, later when my mother got back into the field, that we began to talk about these, uh, what you're calling coincidences, we would just call them psychic experiences that people kept sending in from the very beginning. This was a place where even if they're doing experiments with cards and all that, Still, they're studying things like telepathy and clairvoyance, and the whole world is interested in experiences of that sort. Whatever names we use them, whether even say coincidence, people want to tell you about them. So the, the early parapsychology laboratory at Duke was the go-to place for sending your account. For, where somebody might pay attention to you, at least they were studying it. Yeah, that impulse to try to communicate with someone because it, it makes some people feel a little crazy to tell others about them and they say you're wrong. Right. That's something that Susan and I still find today. It hasn't changed one bit. People really? are calling us, as she can tell you, calling frantically or writing. We prefer when they write, but it's still the same questions. Am I normal? What does this mean? Et cetera. Yeah, uh, you know Frank Bashuti here at the and yes, uh, he is a psychologist in in Charlottesville who 
who gets referrals for about people who are having experiences like this and tries to help them normalize it. Uh, I, I think that in, in the younger population that I'm uh, in contact with here in, uh, in Charlottesville and UVA, uh, these experiences are much more accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, think it, I think there's a cultural shift, at least as may be manifested by some of the uh, younger people that I talk with here. I, I hope so. We need to have it better uh, accepted as something people do. I mean, I've got a, I've got a patient who's got a, a friend from college who just keeps doing telepathic things with him, like uh, sharing, having the same dreams or saying, aren't you at a lake now? And when he didn't tell her that. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I really like the stories of people who are communicating it this way and they kind of know it. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And, and uh, I'm glad you said what you did about the young people. They also need, of course, the, the media has affected it. And I don't know sometimes which comes first. Uh, after tele- certain television programs, we might get more calls or, or contacts. That's generally good. Sometimes it's over the top, as you know, and you have to bring it down uh, and help people, as you say, normalize it, not uh, allow them to go too far out into outer space because we don't know that much yet about outer space. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we're going to find somehow that outer space and inner space have some connections with each other. Absolutely. (laughs) That's where synchronicity comes in, doesn't it? Well, that's where Psy comes in, too. Uh, And uh, that's the discussion we'll probably get to. But uh, I I mentioned some stories about uh, Winston Churchill, uh, and I heard you and Susan talking about them. And you have some other stories that I think are worth worth telling. I always liked the the Ruth story, uh, which uh, was in your book, The Gift. Uh, It just, to me, that was an example of uh, what uh, was called PMIR, Psy-Mediated Instrumental Responses from Rex Stanford. But I call human GPS. what do you uh, uh, that be able to get to the right place at the right time to get what you need it takes a little more movement rather than what the other side things tend to be standing still things so but tell us some stories that uh, that uh, you would like to share with the audience right well i was talking about the winston churchill experiences because it reminded me of uh, a number of reports that have come in from one particular man in his 90s now and all of his life he was uh what I think you might call highly sensitive to experiences um, that he decided he went through different feelings about what was causing these things, uh, whether he was psychic, telepathic, or what he came down to as a guardian angel that saved his life on many times, um, whether he was drowning or got out of the way remarkably from a huge boat uh, in the war, numerous uh, accounts of him saving not only his life, but the lives of others. But, um, the reports that we get here are pretty phenomenal, and over the years, when they say it's not veridical evidence, but when you read thousands of them, you just got to scratch your head and say nobody could make this stuff up over the years. Um, well, uh, here's here's what, what, what I'm doing, and I, I want to ask you about what you're doing. I am putting together uh, my coincidence reports, many of which are mm-hmm. sci, but some of which I would put in other categories. Uh, but Definitely. that's a that's a different different question. Right now, I'm just trying to def- describe the processes of coincidences, like uh, getting out of the way uh, at the right time, like help arriving right when you need it, uh, mm-hmm. like running into the right person person at the right time for you. Uh, these are different processes, of which I've got a whole bunch of them. And I'm wondering, 
in the stories you have, you must be seeing patterns uh, and, of the stories. And it's those patterns cu- accumulated by the multiple stories that become uh, the science of coincidences or, and telepathy and psi. Well, thanks to Loaza Ron's work, she diligently classified these uh, into categories such as clairvoyance, telepathy, and precognition, which is three of the main subjects that we study called general ESP. Um, and if you follow those, cate- those categories, then as we're reading specific reports, um, we can sort of put them into the categories that we think they're, they're most appropriate for. So, you know, clairvoyance or intuitive seeing, I can give you an example of that. Um, a woman was uh, cooking food and she took off her rings and she lost her rings and couldn't find them. Was very upset about that. But then she had a vision, so to speak. She saw in her mind's eye her rings in the bottom of an ice cube. Now, where that came from, she wasn't sure, but she looked in the freezer in the ice cube tray and her rings were in an ice cube, in the ice cube tray. Uh So try to put that together. I mean, we would call that clairvoyance or intuitive seeing. Um, You know, telepathy, as you said, is mind to mind. So one woman was in her house doing some things when she kept hearing her mother call her repeatedly by her childhood nickname. And her mother lived 15 miles away. There was no way she could be hearing her. But the most important thing was she took action or had conviction, as Louisa would call it, got in the car and drove to her mother's house only to find that her mother had fallen and was seriously uh, in danger of dying, had the person not come to help her. And she said she's been calling her name for the last hour, the nickname. So that would be telepathy to us. Yeah. and, and, of course, there's precognition, you know, of things that people know are going to happen. Around 9-11 and the tsunami, we got calls, people saying, I've had this dream about a burning building or uh, or water rushing in, and, and I don't know what to do about it. And, of course, we don't know what to do about it either. But in hindsight, you look back and say, geez, we got a number of those kinds of calls around these particular times of uh, tragedy. So... Um, we have all kinds of experiences that we sort of lump into things like that. Sally, do you? Yeah, well, I was going to say, I think my, my mother's work, and of course it took her decades and thousands and thousands of cases to come to these conclusions, it was a basic classification. She was a basically a, bio, a botanist, and uh, so classification was the first order of things. Yeah. It's just the beginning because, of course, yeah. the telepathy cases, as you know, all of them range in different ways. You're looking at it in other ways, which I I think are you know, very important and interesting, and we'll learn more about your work, too. We, we are hoping ourselves to, what we've been searching is to find waking intuitive cases that we could do qualitative analysis, sort of like phenomenological, look at people's words and see, are there, are we, can we get any clues as to what triggers things? Now, sometimes it doesn't. It's somebody just suddenly knows, like the woman who ran to save this child from falling into the water hole. She, other people have a vision. They see it in their mind's eye, or they have an actual vision we might call a hallucination, where there is nothing there, but they see their grandmother, departed grandmother, saying, get to the water hole. You know, there are various forms of ways things can occur, but what is the what meaning can we find of these various differences? But first, we have to get them together and sort them out. And um, that's, again, what we're doing on top of what she already did. One thing we've, we did find out in a preliminary study 
uh, you've already we've mentioned it a little bit is that generally most people are confused or frightened by the experience, even if the outcome is positive, even if someone's life was cha- saved or something beneficial happened, it still scares them because they don't mm-hmm. understand what happened. Uh, I think that's a subset of people that may contact you, but uh, I, I have contact with people, including me, where mm-hmm. I have experiences like um, that was fairly new to me at the time that I was choking at a, a sink uh, in San Francisco um, at about 11, a, 11 p.m. one night in, in 1973, and I couldn't stop from choking. Um, and I, I found out the next day from my brother that uh, 3,000 miles away, um, my father was choking on his own blood at the same wow. time. It was 2 a.m. in Delaware when it was happening and I found I, I, I my reaction was still as a scientist is how mm. can that how can that be and mm. I, I think that I think some of these events do that to people they become curious about it because they're somewhat open to the idea that uh, strange things may happen so uh, is is that possible that you I mean I think that you you get yes. a subset of people who are scared by it, which I get some of too maybe at the very beginning but some people yes. sort of get get used to it and even though they don't understand it, but all their life they continue to, or they seem to continue to have these phenomena. And I think actually is probably the origin of what some people, how some people get into be psychic counselors or mediums, you know, because they of, of the childhood experience. We do the history of people you talk to. There is that's the other thing I'd like to explore even further. And with your questionnaire, you you may be looking at this too. Yeah. What's the history of the childhood, the parents, what are their experiences of, of other people around them? Or how were they treated, of course, as you know, as a psychiatrist? Uh, well, I, I have to think of, you know, who Joe McMonagall is. Sure. He, right. And Joe tells the story in his own book, and he's told us that when he was a child, he and his twin sister uh, both had this kind of ability but they agreed not to talk about it. It didn't wouldn't have fit in with the family's dynamics. And, and in fact, they got punished if they said anything. He kept quiet. She began to talk as a teenager of what she thought was going to happen. Her parents took her to a psychiatrist and she got medicated. Now, his version is that she he thinks she got walked into being mentally um, disturbed yeah, I, by I'm, the treatment. I'm sorry, yeah. we're going to have to interrupt now. I want to be able to talk about just that. Uh, huh. we'll, be back, we'll be back after a short break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to CC with BB. 
I'm Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, your host, and we are here with Sally Ryan Feather and Susan Freeman from the Ryan Institute in Durham, North Carolina. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you on the program, and the place that we are talking about is the interface between uh, psychosis and uh, psi experiences and how people get treated uh, for their psi experiences as psychotic. Uh, And we're talking about uh, Joe McGonigal, who's uh, a wonderful clairvoyant. Uh, This guy could look look around uh, the world and tell you what was going on at great distance from from where he was and he didn't talk about it but his sister did and sally please continue what happened after that well she things did not go well for her in her life uh, but he feels you know in that regard i i don't know how it ended up for her but um, although the day that she died of a heart attack he knew it um hundreds of miles away and got in his car. He knew something was wrong, and and, and went went to her bedside. But um, but but that was he felt that 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 lack of understanding of in her early environment uh, frightened her, maybe, and led to other things. Whereas uh, he just kept, uh, uh. he just kept quiet about it. Oh, okay. I mean that's a that's a part I didn't understand. Uh, they were both, uh, let's say, clairvoyant among other things. Yes. He stopped. He didn't talk about it. She did. Yes. Her parents reacted negatively to that. So it was her parents' reaction that helped make her crazy in some form. Yes. Or another. Yes. Exactly. Ah. It wasn't the, and I'm glad you clarified that it was not the ability. And, and if you know Joe, there's nobody saner than him. Oh uh, gosh. Uh, and uh, so it was not the ability, uh, and 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 of other gifted people we know, it, we don't see uh, that correlation of the the truly gifted. Of course, I'm not talking about the misunderstandings that sometimes people think they are psychic when clearly they uh, there's no evidence of their stories really being more than imagination. And we all occasionally are, are subject to that. So it it is difficult to know at first the very first experiences you have what's real and and what could be a, a true a true coincidence when it's just an accident, you know. Not everything that happens is psychic, and not everything is. Do we think? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to get examples, not now necessarily, of of ones where uh, they're coincidental in the mere coincidence thing that their their probability or random uh, events that come together, and when uh, you know that uh, it's probably evidence of a psychic ability. How do you make that distinction? Now that I think about it, well, in a way, we don't really have to, Bernie, because. Uh, or Dr. Beitman. Uh, oh, Bernie, no, Bernie, 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 Bernie. <laughs> we don't Bernie, have, Bernie, 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 Bernie. If somebody seen my mother set the credentials. Now, this was new because in the old, old days, 100 years from ago in, in England, they were very, very careful and they did close examinations of cases and only accepted those that had been vetted very, very carefully. Yeah, she yeah, thought yeah. she thought to the wide nets. uh approach would be best just let's let's keep in our collection everything that seems to be psychic but if it comes from apparently sane individual you know and the letters and the calls well they came they came by postal mail then by emails now and you can read a letter or, or two and you can decide you know this one goes in the the rejects because this person doesn't sound grounded enough that we could trust their reporting uh-huh. uh 
you know, could be just the re- way they're reporting it. But we, so we do reject some uh, in for our collection, but mostly they come from sane, normal people like you and me and our neighbors. And we accept it as a possibility if it, ha- if it fits the criteria for what we would call ESP, predicting something that would happen uh, or is happening without the use of the known senses or just from inference. I have a, a bit of a, a an example, a personal experience that just happened yesterday, which I thought was kind of interesting. I was telling Sally, um, yesterday morning I was here at work and I had your book and the papers, uh, some notes in front of me. And I get 90% of the calls that come to the Rhine from people who are trying to ask uh, help uh, for help for their experiences. And uh, this woman called and she repeatedly referred to her experiences as cr- cr- Coincidence and synchronicity. Now, I'm going to say this truthfully. I have never had a person call and use the words coincidence and synchronicity so many times in the entire time I've been talking to people, (laughs) except for yesterday morning, right before, as I'm looking at these things to get ready for this talk. And I thought that was a very uh, interesting coincidence that someone should be coming and calling their experiences coincidences as opposed to what we might look at as ESP. Unless she was a plant from your radio yeah. show. <laughs> and she, in a way, probably she was. I mean, I, I've, I've had a, a, a series of coincidences related to the radio show, um, something like this, but I haven't heard one for a while. So uh, thanks for thanks for telling me, because this, this activity, uh, this, this radio show, uh, I think sometimes uh, stimulates uh, coincidences around it. It's kind of like... Uh, uh, a tarot card that I used, used to like, uh, um, the mm-hmm. Princess of of Cups, where she would be dancing, just swirling, 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 and then uh, crystalline forms would form on her the the hem of her skirt. She didn't do it on purpose; it was just her motion that made it happen. And mm-hmm. I think activities like this, uh, this radio show, tend to do something like that. They make them, they make coincidences more likely. They don't make them happen. So that's a that's that's. Uh, thank you for that one. I, I I think those things are happening, and I sometimes get to hear about them. It was it was very interesting for me because I couldn't relate any kind of ESP to it at all. Uh, I didn't call it to me in any way, so to speak. So that's that's uh, indirectly you did. I uh, because well, yes. I, I mean, communicating a, 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 energy flows where attention goes. So I'm I'm, I'm not surprised, but it was very interesting. <laughs> Uh, one of the things that uh, I said, one of you said earlier, uh, was about the different channels through which information comes to people. Uh, and using the Ruth example, and again, the story of Ruth was the mother comes home. Ruth is six years old, and Ruth isn't there, and the babysitter doesn't know where she is, and next door neighbor doesn't, and then her mother just blindly, apparently, without with that feeling, does, which we hear stories like this other uh, other plenty of times, ends up by. Uh, uh, a huge uh, uh, pool, um, you know, a quarry uh, that the six-year-old and her friend were going to go swimming in or go wading in. And it was very deep right there at the edge, and the mother got there in time. And whether the mother had been there before or not was not clear from the report. But somehow the mother got to that place. And the way you were saying that people get to 
places like that. Sometimes it's kinesthetic, which is what it sounded like here. The body seemed to be moving there without very much conscious attention. Sometimes it's a vision that you need to go to this place. So you get that. And sometimes it's a voice telling you to go to this place. Yes. Voice. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those those voices are what make um, a psychiatrist a little bit uh, uncertain, of course, because hearing voices means you're psychotic. Mm -hmm. And and Winston Churchill heard voices. Plenty of well-known and successful people hear voices. Uh, I hear voices occasionally in reporting some uh, places, and I hear other people hearing voices that are guidance kind of voices for them. Uh, where do you think these voices come from? They were the most frequently reported um, cases in my mother's collection of huh. among the what she would call hallucinations. And she, you don't like to use that word, but there isn't a better one that includes the things, the touching, the feeling, the hearing, the seeing. Uh, the voices were the, the most common, but I don't think she ever was able to get much further than that, whether the voices came seemed to come from someone living or dead. Some of them came from from living, uh, from Aunt Susie's calling me, and uh, she's living, but she she tells me that um, my grandmother's died or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, some of the voice, some of the voices seem disembodied and yes. are not identified as coming from anyone in particular. No, and the. The range of possibilities uh, are, are fairly large, and they, it depends on just what your preferred mode of explanation is. Uh, what, what do you? Well, there there are a range of them. So, how, how do you understand voices? How do you tell people to think about them? It 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 it's it sort of put into context with the story. Uh -huh. I mean, it, right. you know, it, it's how they explain it and how they they connect with it. I mean, sometimes you say, I heard a voice and you have to say, did you really hear a voice or did the words pop into your head and you associated it as having must have heard a voice? Um, I have an example around that. Uh, a man told a story. He was driving um, a long distance with his infant child in the back seat. And he was alone. And all of a sudden the radio was off. All of a sudden, he heard a voice, a very strong, dominant male voice say, pay attention to what you're doing. Uh, well, what he was doing was falling asleep at the wheel. Ah. And uh, the voice, so-called voice, jolted him. And he could only reason and rationalize that it had to be a, a straight pat patrolman who saw him falling asleep at the wheel and talked through the radio <laughs> that was off. And he had to justify it in some way because he could not wrap his head around the fact that he received this information. So he, he just to this day will say that he heard the voice. It was an officer through the radio that was off. But he woke up <laughs> and that was the point. Well, uh, I don't know how far to go with this, but I, you get me very curious about the current status of theory about psi events. Mm. I'm, I'm gonna let Sally. <laughs> Sally and I are looking at each other. Yeah, you, you take that. Yeah, one. well, uh, I, I bring I, that. I'm not clear on on your question there. It's hard uh, to isolate current versus historic. Well, I mean, the cumulative to the present. Uh, I mean, I I I've seen uh, many different theories presented as possible ex ways of explaining uh, psi events, and none of them seem to get any traction. Uh, um, 
there's quantum physics, quantum mechanics. Uh, Dean Radin uh, has made uh, some use of in trying to describe them. Um, there have been other attempts. I mean, we get the guardian angels sometimes. Uh, I have an idea that I call the psychosphere that uh, that's our mental atmosphere uh, that uh, is a is a medium through which uh, we can communicate with each other um, and get information in ways that we don't usually understand. And I mean by that something that is local to Earth, not something that is out there in the universe, uh, but it's something that's studyable, I think, within the context of our human minds on this planet. I like that. That's an interesting concept. How would that relate to Larry Dossie's uh, One Mind? Um, is that more of a, that's a broader, or Jung's uh, the, Collective Unconscious? The, the Larry's ideas are much broader. I mean, it's still universe. Mm-hmm. It's still every, that consciousness is everywhere. Uh, that the that the one that we have emerged from is the origin of this consciousness of which we are a part. And I can I can see that, and I can begin to think about that way. But I'd like to be able to study. Uh, where we here, we're, we're here on Earth, communicating yeah. with each other and with plants and yes. with animals and mm-hmm. with Mother Earth uh, and the winds and rain and all kinds of things that seem to be um, somehow consciously connected to us if we pay attention to it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, that's why I like to prefer stay here on Earth. And I've got some ideas about how that might ha- how that might be, but. We'll come back to maybe this subject and uh, other subjects as as we come to the end of, of this segment. But it's so important for telepathy, for psi and coincidence to have a theory that people can imagine about how it works. So we'll come and back. when you come to speak to us here as you're going to uh, <laughs> next month. I'll, yeah. be, I'll be there. We'll, we'll be back after a short break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. 
Uh, welcome back to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. That's me. Our guests today are Sally Ryan Feather and Susan Freeman from the Ryan Institute in North Carolina, North Carolina. And we're here trying to understand how to understand um, psi events, telepathy, clairvoyance, precognition, and I would add psychokinesis. And I'd like to, I'd still like to be able to talk before we get more theory about PMIR, psi-mediated instrumental responses. That, that, that's a Rex Stanford idea uh, that I call human GPS, somehow getting to a place you need to get to without really knowing how you got there. That some, kind, some, some guidance intuitively, and intuitive covers a lot of things, voices, visions, feeling, gets you to where you need to go. Uh, do you include, you, get, you must get stories like that and how do you think about them we do get stories like that and uh they're they're remarkable to to read and to 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 perceive but really they're all a part of 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 this whole uh (laughs) esp i mean however it's measured or however it's reported it's that they're doing just that they're getting somewhere or doing something that they don't understand how um and I wanted to touch base with a little bit of something that we said just before we ended. Uh, Jim Carpenter's book, yeah, First, First Sight, First Sight, yeah. really sort of, it's a remarkable and very uh, deep book, but it really says that it's our first sight, not our sixth sense. So our honing and homing skills are our first sight that we have. I think maybe everybody has them and and unfortunately, we tend to lose them the older we get and depending on our lifestyle and, and the uh, culture that we live in. But really, it's a natural instinct, I think, if we were paying attention on your sensitivity scale. I would imagine mm-hmm. a highly sensitive person would be using their, their innate skills. Yeah. Yeah. And not freaked out about it. I think <laughs> yeah. that might connect with what you were saying about these uh, psychogenic or psychological world that we're all in and because we do know it is it seems to occur among people who know or care about each other more often than than strangers except in times of crisis well let, yeah let's that wanted to get to that thanks uh, mm-hmm. the, the the conditions under which uh, um Psi events or coincidences. When I use coincidences, it's really a cover word for a lot of other things. It's a cover word that says, hey, there might be something else going on here. There might be something going on here. Uh, that we have not quite yet considered, that coincidences suggest to us um, explanations, that we need to look for explanations for things that are happening to all of us. And can we start accumulating enough stories to be able to find explanatory models for them? Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a word that's out there in the general public uh, so that it doesn't hit with any kind of the... Uh, the loaded meaning sometimes that psi or ESP takes with him or even synchronicity can do sometimes and that word has gotten very expanded too to mean too many different things so with what so I a friend of mine calls uh, high the the circumstances of high coincidence uh, likelihood as co- coincidentiality coincidentiality 
So what are the circumstances that increase psi events? They have to do with people who are um, emotionally bonded to each other. You just mentioned also times of crisis. There are coincidences or telepathy or psi events are more likely to happen. What other uh, conditions seem to increase the likelihood of psi events? Well, I think in childhood, mother-child uh, cases are just uh, father child too are, are a large number of those and, and that's the what most intense time of life perhaps in terms of connections uh-huh. um, well you know one interesting uh-huh. thing um, and uh-huh. it, it we mentioned it, it in in danger or in something most of our stories are about uh, something going on uh, a psi event happening a change of events and a different outcome. And in other words, they changed, they changed the course of events um, because of this one particular experience that they had. It's like changing fate almost Um, mostly beneficial. They, they stopped a a huge problem or, or death or something like that. So I don't know how you set those things up. Who knows the car's coming through the red light, but it's the reaction that you have at the moment. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, those are, I don't know that we could figure out how that happens, except for back again to someone who pays attention and has conviction when they get these hits, so to speak. Right. We, the people we're talking to are the people who acted uh, in some cases, although, although no many, many of them report. In fact, my mother did a study, you know, comparing when is fate, is fate inevitable. So she yeah. looked at the numbers and so yeah. forth. But in, in, ter- in terms of the people we hear from, it's, it's most of the people who have been saved and affected at times of crisis. And, and the modern day case that's the most common is avoiding a car crash. Oh. So we had to count them up and we haven't done it, but, but just intuitively, I know that, um, knowing what the car's coming down and, you know, you're avoiding a, a huge crash. Oh, but good. when you look at the people who didn't go to work at nine 11, who didn't get on an airplane, who don't get on trains on train wrecks, you, I, you know, how did that happen on that day that all those same people had the same idea about being late at that moment to avoid that situation? Yes. Uh, you're implying also uh, stories that you've heard many more than I of a person who got a message uh, about someone um, being in danger and didn't follow it like a person down the street who suddenly who hadn't seen for quite a while but had the feeling of wanting to go visit right now but mm-hmm. then stopped herself from doing the visit and then found out the next day that that person had committed suicide yeah that's yeah. a huge turn of events in what we call a psi experience is whether you have the conviction to act on your perception mm-hmm. or not it's it's a turning point it's like okay here's a very clear-cut case and, and conviction is, is a, a major component of that. You, you get people calling you up uh, who maybe have the drive, as this story person did in this story, but had uh, too much rationality to not respond to it. Yes. So the conviction might have been said strong, but not strong enough to overcome the rationality. And then you must hear people feeling guilty about not having acted. Right. That We do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a tendency for people who 
who are overly rational, the logical um, person, not not to have as many or, or report as many psychic experiences as the more freely creative, artistic. Uh, that's fairly been documented even in the, in the laboratory studies. People don't talk about not doing something as much as they talk about having done it. I think that their feelings of sadness or guilt maybe might feel so bad. They might feel so badly about not following through that they we don't get many reports about. I wish I had done something. Yeah, that's their first experience after they've messed up. Then they have, you know, think of Marie, the one who reports so many in my book. After the first mistake early in life, she remembered and the next one she paid attention to. There's some learning from people who I think are gifted. Yeah, let's talk about the people who are gifted because uh, like a lot of things, some people are better at psi things than others and some people are better at telepathy than clairvoyance and some people are better at psychokinesis than they are at any of the other ones. So uh, how do you characterize people besides the fact that they may not be so rational, although Joe McGonagall was certainly one of the most rational guys you want to run into. Right, on the one hand. Uh, but mm-hmm. on the one hand. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I think, yeah, he's got his... I don't know. That's a good question. I'll have to. T- he's coming down uh, in a couple of weeks. I'll have to ask him that question directly. <laughs> it's um, you know certainly we we have a lot of people come to the run that are very very gifted in one skill or the other. Lots of mediums, psychics, uh, people offering their skill sets for us to research, which we don't really do one on one like that too much. Um, and and we you listen to the stories about when they knew that they had this ability how they developed it uh, did they were they born with it you know but how do we classify them I don't know mm. but we it that, might yeah. be normal around here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's a lot it might we have just to be do more still. normal here than other places. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> <laughs> the new norm, yeah, that's good. I hope we get. I hope you expand that to the a larger population. Well, you're the, helping too. <laughs> I, yes, thank you. I'm trying to be part of the same thing. Now, you mentioned medium. Uh, now, mediums is not the the usual size sort of thing. That's connecting with somebody who's passed over, uh, supposedly. That's true. And so uh, that that, but you do deal with medium uh, activity as well. Is that right? Yes, I, I, we find the mediums that have come here uh, are, are are fairly psychic for living people as well as for the deceased. And I'm, that's a whole other chapter we didn't have time to get into today. We do have a number of experiences, of course, that come to us which suggest survival. Uh, uh, you could look at it different, but there won't be time to go into all that. Well, I'm <laughs> going to summarize what I think you might say in a different way, is that mediums aren't picking up somebody who's passed over, but picking up information about them from people who are living. We're not sure. Mm-hmm. Could be both. Could We're be both. Sure. The mediumship falls under one of the five categories that we would say we study here and would be under the survival category, which is um, the fact that someone's personality or consciousness or spirit remains after physical death. I, I think J.B. Ryan started out trying to um, research that, but it's really not easy. I think Winbridge Institute is one of the only places that has done abundant studies on mediumship, but it does fall under the survival category. The five categories that we do study are clairvoyance, telepathy, precognition, psychokinesis, and survival. So Uh that's, that's, uh-huh. that's the areas that we stick with. Uh, it's not orbs. It's not 
uh, aliens, it's not Loch Ness Monster, and it's not ghosts. But although ghosts get in there under survival. Of course so. they do. Yeah. Of course they do. That, well, we're getting to the end of uh, our program, and it's been a delight having both of you here. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Sally, for being here with me, and I'll see you in a month or so. Yeah, yes. thank you. Boy, to hearing more. Good. Over and out.